Welcome to the Industry Boring Podcast. I'm Cullen Reichart, your host, and today we'll be covering almost anything related to cannabis. He'd been to a couple of different places, then uh, then he got out of it and got me into it, and then uh, I wasn't very good at it, so I didn't uh, I didn't stick to the growing side. I ended up uh, ended up being much better at this. Well, that's pretty killer. Yeah, yeah, you found a good way to. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. I love be it. Be a part I mean, of the, the industry, and and I and I did grow, and I was you know, of course, I did that for fuck. How long did I grow for? Um, six years, seven years. Okay. I got to like 2,000 square foot indoor and had, you know, multiple rooms and had yep. kind of a system going on and just got completely overwhelmed by it. Really wasn't very good at it. And uh, It's challenging, man. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot it more work. It takes a lot of practice and, yeah. you know, I thought, trial you know, and error. like my lawn grows just fine, right? I mean, it wasn't <laughs> anything like that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Not the same. No. And they, I mean, the amount of work that goes into it was always the thing that really blew my mind. Like the detail. You know, because I was like, oh, I'd, I'd mix the nutrients, I'd do the little things I thought I was doing, and yet it invariably gets out of balance, you know, yep. and instead of being, you know, checking everything, because I wasn't really quite diligent enough to check everything, and then I didn't understand what the plants were doing, what they're telling me. Some people really get plants, and I just yeah. wasn't, never really got, like, what's going on with the plants. I look in the book, you know, like, well, that looks like that, I don't know, and you're checking stuff, and uh, so it really wasn't my thing, um, as far as that goes, but I, I enjoyed it. That's the way to yeah. learn, though, is yeah. like going into the books, talking to your friends and neighbors and yeah. fucking being like, what the fuck do I do now? Right. I'm, you know? I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's doing this weird thing. I've never fucking seen this. It's yeah. like, I'm but, still <laughs> dealing with that. Is that fucking, right? You know, 25 years into the game, I'm like, oh, shit, so what's this? What kind of growing style do you guys do? You do? Um, living soil. Okay, you know? wonderful. So, yeah, I, I, I've been using the same soil since yeah. I've had my farm. We buy soil once and fucking re-amend it and till, till in good things. I don't yeah. do no-till. I experimented with the whole no-till thing for like three years, and it was just like, that's even harder. Yeah. When you're that's used to you... tilling and using amendments, mm -hmm. it's like everything's a little slower and less reactive because you can't just mix it in and make right. it all available to your plants. You're letting the worms come up and like bring it into the soil. I, and I dig the concept, but I think at some point in time, there is some value to modern equip, uh, you know, modern totally. farming yeah. and techniques. And like, we did develop some good stuff out of this crazy, you know, industrial or excuse me, agricultural revolution. Might as well use the good stuff and leave some of the maybe not so good stuff behind. But, you know, yeah. I, I, I really appreciate the, the moving away from the, the heavy duty fertilizers and you totally. know, all, the, all the super chemically stuff, especially, you know, considering where we're at in this country right now and the ag, you know, with so much toxicity in the water systems and 100%, you know, so I, I really appreciate that aspect of it. But I don't know about no till. <laughs> yeah, trying to use just the most, you know, do the most with the least. It actually happens from organic bomb ingredients yeah. too, you know, like you really don't have to use very much of this stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of what I've been experimenting with. I'm like working on like a whole fertilizer line too. Yeah. Um, to, to basically take my blend and put it in a 50 pound bag. Yeah. But that's been a way harder project than I thought too. Yeah. Because then you get into these modern techniques and they're telling me, oh, here's the guaranteed analysis of your stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you get the actual stuff. Test it and it's nothing like what the input, the computer yeah. said. So yeah. you really got to do the trial and error and not trust the software that's just combining ingredients and giving you a guaranteed analysis. Yeah. And then you got to see like what's coming out of the soil in an average light depth or what's coming out of the soil in a full term season because they're just totally different, you right. know. So yeah, it's, it can't it's, be one, it's just one not a one size everything. fits all. Exactly. I thought it was going to be like that. And I thought um, when I started, I actually, I got Scott's, right? Okay. Scott's fertilizer. Yeah. And it's got the same, you know, like, the same numbers, man. Good. Like the numbers are right, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and I remember that just thinking like, God, oh, this is so frustratingly difficult when you're growing. When I was growing, I was doing like, uh, what's that stuff? Uh, the, the rock wool. You know, uh -huh. so you don't have any balance. You don't have any protection. You have no, you know, no buffer. You go, you do it wrong, and you're yeah, suffering like right away. Wilting yeah. out and yeah. dying. <laughs> exactly. So my dad's like, no, oh, you got to change. You got to do, got to do some soil and some rock wool. And I never could get that to work. Um, the best I did was cocoa. So I did, I would do like, uh, I think I did with um, like 80% cocoa and 20% perlite. 
that seemed to be the best that I ever did with. But um, even that, I mean, you know, you're just always washing chemicals and then you're yeah. cleaning it out and then, you know, it was just, yeah, it was crazy. I like the cocoa a lot though, like in combination with my soil. The yeah. um, black gold cocoa is like killer, just the the fluffiness of it. Yeah. And then also when it's when it's done right, if you get too much mm. cocoa in your soil and it's not rinsed right and it's all salty, yeah. it'll fuck everything up. Yeah, but then if it's if it's good clean cocoa, it just kind of allows for that water. It gives you a lot of buffer, holds that water, and yeah. gives you a lot of space. Exactly, it's really cool. Get yeah, a I just jacket. Yeah, I like, I'm like I'm I'm hoping he's not not in the stinging mood. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's the one thing I, I don't want to get hit by right now. Right? <laughs> no. no kidding. Well, what? I mean, you said your parents were in involved. Yeah. So yeah, so I, so I kind of was born and raised up here, and yeah. um, my dad um was a landscaper and did custom burrow furniture okay so, so he, like the i saw yeah, this, yeah, similar, like this, yeah some of this stuff but a little diff, a little more artistic twist he was yeah. really like would use like multiple pieces and combine them with dowels and just like leave all the natural contours yeah. of the wood and the burl is that basically like isn't it like a tree cancer there's a big bulbous thing that grows on the tree yeah it's just like a different density of wood and it's got all these crazy patterns it's yeah. super hard it is yeah. kind of like a malignant growth on a tree really interesting and That's so he cool. was up here hunting for that stuff and yeah. kind of found the the place where you know i still own own property really? and have my farm oh, that's wonderful out in honeydew he was out looking for burls and <laughs> kind of started growing some weed and my mom was living in Sonoma County at the time yeah and uh you know being a teacher and so he's like you know I found this awesome school you could be the teacher at and I found this beautiful community and this clean water and like wow. there's burl here and like I can grow some weed like let's just move up here and so they ended up it sounds like the, the the quintessential freaking northern California story yeah right? right like I want something better and we can have a better life here and it's magical up here sometimes totally bro you know, it's, I, I i think it when i come in here i started coming here when i when i started the company in 2008 no 2012 excuse me and i remember just how magical this place was you know the mists and the and the deep fog and then just the redwoods and just how wet and just lush and green it was and this place is magic you know uh it's a little drier now than it was yeah. back then <laughs> but yeah thank I god used to, for that last little bit of rain we just got yeah no, no kidding it was nice we just uh I'm, I'm in vegas now so we, we you know normally dry totally horribly dry but um i remember i've watched this kind of deteriorate from the dryness as i as i've been doing this travel on and every time i come out it's a little bit browner and a little bit a little oh. bit rougher man it'd be nice to get some of that rain back yeah we get used to get honeydews literally the rainiest spot in california yeah we used to have 200 inches of rain in yeah. some years and yeah. you know like 150 was like a moderate year and yeah now we've been getting like under 100 back to back to back and then we had like one good year and it was like oh yeah it's back we're on back. but yeah. no it takes multiple years of that hard yeah. heavy rain to soak into the ground to keep to trench our, everything yeah, out yeah just to fill up the the underground supply yeah because the underground supply is slowly going lower and lower too yeah. there's a lot of water that just runs under the the ground that's really crazy the the um that's what i think i don't like a lot of people really connect to that like when you look at the drought map and how how severe it is for the country and you go oh well, yeah it's just like this little thing well it's really not it's like years no. and years and years of pressure exactly. that have just depleted it and now it's going to take it's going to take years equally like, amount yeah. years and to it, build it back it's not just a matter of not using water that's ridiculous you can't just not use water no it doesn't work that way you know yeah it's crazy so an interesting point since we brought that up is like they did the whole CEQA study on um, the cannabis industry up here yeah. in Humboldt trying to prove that cannabis was detrimental to the environment right. basically. Right. Yeah. The findings ended up coming out and showing that it was actually all this second growth fir trees that have taken over meadows and just populated like my property you used to be able to see like two miles down on the flat part yeah you can't see anything now it's 30 foot tall trees really so when i was a kid you could see across three meadows yeah now it's solid trees and that's wow. happened almost everywhere out in southern humboldt and like all around is that right so these trees are drinking like exponentially more water as they get bigger each yeah. year too 
and it's just bad forest management and yeah. kind of like incorrect beliefs that like we shouldn't cut down these trees yeah well we shouldn't cut down all the trees by right. any means but right. we should selectively be well, harvesting and keeping our meadows healthy for our animals yeah. and like letting some of this shit burn every so often so yeah. that it, it never gets like it is now with i think it's really you know, that's a tons of underbrush an and interesting point i think that i i think that became political which i think is not correct but there was a different management system in place years ago yeah like we we used to i mean that was a big part of what when you joined you know whatever uh uh you know if you're part of the service forest service or you're part of uh you know the the campgrounds or whatever that part of the job was was forest management totally you know and they were doing the cleaning out the dead shit and that i mean i used to work at a campground when i was a kid and that was a half half the the battle getting ready for the season was cleaning out all the fucking branches that might fall on somebody right yeah like, well that's that's the whole forest needs that a little bit you know and then and we need that i mean I remember Colorado, I grew up in Colorado, which has okay. the same, same, same kind of problems, right? Totally. And uh, they, you know, you go up in the mountains and they have these, these cutouts where they would go through and they'd kind of just create like a cutout area. And, and, you know, I always thought, well, that, you know, oh, it looks so ugly. But that's what kept that forest from just going insane and, and crushing the rest of the ecosystem. Because there's nothing in there that, well, the bark beetle now, I guess, is killing all the trees. But, you totally. know, that, that's another story. But, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy, too bark beetle. it is yeah we've got something that eats our trees from the inside out too yeah i just did some logging to like prevent fire danger yeah. you know around my place and you can hear these little things going and they're like these little beetles that go inside of the trees really and then they eat their way out they're like powder post beetles are, are you a raiders fan i see the raiders oh yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> i'm a bronco fan and i'm living in, in raider town to now. vegas <laughs> yep <laughs> I know. I felt like they abandoned us when they left Oakland uh, a little, you know. Yeah. But I good did, excuse to go to Vegas. Yeah, now, so. they did the right thing. They've got yeah. their own home there. They did okay. And it's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet. And they're it's kicking cool. ass too right now. So two in a row. Broncos got two in a row. Okay. So there we go. <laughs> Fuck those Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> right. Raiders. Oh my, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna hear that for the rest of my life. That's so crazy. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, that's crazy. I mean, do you, so that's what I was going to, I was going to ask you about that, but I mean, I think you brought it up. I think that, you know, there's really easy to point fingers at stuff. Uh, and we do this all the time, you know, oh, cannabis is killing the forest and cannabis is doing that and blah, blah, blah. And I, I mean, there's some things about it that are not right. Like the illegal cannabis grows are very detrimental because those guys aren't caring about anything anyway, right? They're just carrying, you know, hundreds of pounds of fucking really heavy duty fertilizer up into the yep. you know, up into the old growth forest and that's not good but i mean on a on another note i mean it's cannabis is a good renewable crop just like hemp you know it's still a very valuable crop to be having in the ground it's not and, and you got to be correctly. careful when you define um you know an illegal grower because i used to be an illegal grower right right and, and i wasn't doing any of that shit. i yeah. was farming responsibly with organic amendments right. And now anyone who chose not to pay the government and be their right. bitch is an illegal grower. Yeah. So yeah, there are still a fair amount of them <laughs> in the mix. Yeah. But I think what you're talking about is the exploitative, you yeah. know, mega grows like cartel the run cartel shit stuff. Yeah. Where yeah, they're the just stuff. blowing it out. Yeah. Don't give a fuck. Give burying a fuck. trash. They've got a hundred, hundred throwing of salts them and, out and, by and the, the, yeah. they know they're going to get 10 exactly. of them, 20 of them caught and they're going exactly. to don't give a shit. They're just, yeah. I just had to throw that one out there for the fellow farmers that are still fighting the good fight, you know, because really we're the ones who fucking made this thing possible it's, was by never stopping fighting all the shit yeah. coming at us and continuing to grow the weed yeah. against like all the threats and choppers and you know people yeah. coming and cutting down our crops it was a very different experience and and i think it's really interesting because i i, I didn't grow up with that right when yeah. i started growing weed it was uh, weed. when all i started growing cannabis already. it was 215 was yeah. already in and i had a i had a, a legitimate uh, co-op and did all the stuff legally yeah. and I was growing indoors and stuff like that but that was a good but, period of time that was a know? good time yeah but yeah uh, but there was all that history of, of of the people who were living in this area specifically who were doing all of that work already yep. and they were kind of paving the way for this market that we're in now and I I uh, I, I, I meet the old-timers I call them the old-timers I'm getting to be there pretty soon but like like Ed Rosenthal and you know yeah. I meet these guys and I'm, I'm always like dude 
thanks, bro. Like, you know, yeah. you were one of the pioneers, but it's also you, your, your parents and, and the people in this area. Those are the guys. When I first come up here, you didn't talk about it. Right? No, I came I, up here to sell machines and I'm like, I had to keep secrets you, my you, whole life. You don't talk a, to people about double life. You I, know? I, got, I got these cool machines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, you go to that place. That's where people go to talk about stuff like that. Totally. You know? And uh, I remember that first time I walked up in the, into this area, I, I thought, well, everybody up here grows so I could just talk. Right. I learned really like, I don't quickly. want to talk to you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Silence is golden. Silence that's what is my golden. uncle that's always right. taught me since I was this big, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you couldn't fucking talk about it. You put your family at risk if you put talk everybody about at it. Risk, yeah. And now we have to talk about it because we're trying to like not be a dying breed and last yeah. the Mohicans, you know? Well, that's so. so weird to me that what government always does, they always fuck everything up. Yep. Um, the less they get involved, the better off we all are. Just let them do their taxes and stay the fuck out of it. Um, that's my opinion. But I mean, you know, they get in, they, they've already just destroyed the regulatory environment, especially in California. California is such a fucking mess for such cannabis. a mess, it's right such now. a mess. It's like this is well, I think when I was growing and I was looking at it and we're back in the you know, 215 time frame, it was like they were saying, oh, it's like a 14 billion dollar industry. And you're like, yeah, this is this is a fucking resurgent industry. This is really going to be something valuable. Let's let it flourish, Let's let it flourish. <laughs> yeah. right? Let's go to town. And, and then when I was in San Diego, man, they would they would say, oh, these are the rules. And then everybody would go follow the rules. And then they they'd, they'd come in and say, oh, no, no, we changed the rules and everybody had to shut down. Yep. And then they do, so they do that like three times in a row over the course of, uh, of three or four years. And I had friends who invested, lost, invested, lost, and just said, fuck it, man. I can't yep. continue to do this and get burnt by this stupid regulatory environment. The only thing they let keep going was the driving dispensaries, which is how everybody got their weed in the first place, right? Yep. So that, that just kept going. It's like, okay, <laughs> still got my delivery guy, you know? But that was crazy. And then the Californians, they just didn't learn anything. Of course, they never do. And they've overregulated, and they've really crushed a market that could be, they could be dominating the market. How is it that Canada is doing exports? How is it that, that uh, Colombia is doing exports globally? And how is it that these, these, and these we're other- We're trapping it all in California. We're in California. Stay in California, yeah. don't sell the wheat anywhere else. Yeah. It's like, if you knew how the old <laughs> system worked, you should have designed it to fit within the old requirements, yeah. which is, People come here as a hub to get it out to everywhere else because yeah. they know we yeah, have we the had fire. commerce going. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason why we can't still have that. I mean, okay, but if you really the division of the different laws and the different states and all these fucking restrictions make yeah. it impossible. So yeah, and the other, other part of that too is that not only that, but they they you know the fucking cronies, they make the, the laws so only the fucking cronies can get involved, right? So yep. you know you're you're kind of ass out unless you've got a stack of money or you've got a relative in government and then you're you know you see it in, in these new states that come on board and they're like oh yeah 75 percent of the licenses went to went to the people in Three government people you're like, or five yeah, people you're, you're like, like oh okay what the fuck is that <laughs> tell me that's not just absolutely corrupt you know because this is i don't know that frustrates me a lot because honestly i'm Prop an american dream guy, you, know? you know yeah what I mean? hell you yeah prob 64 really like messed it up for us yeah. because it took it out of our hands and yeah. you know with 215 in that era when you had experienced it that was great times because we were legally protected but not overly regulated yeah and now that the 64 came on it was supposed to give us these five years instantly went straight to you know 20 acre 30 acre spots stacking 20 30 licenses and yep. I mean, it's no no mystery what's going on right now with the just complete overproduction yeah. as they're issuing more 60-acre licenses like their candy, you yeah. know? Yeah, well, you so. can see what happens when that happens uh, from an economic perspective in Oregon. Like, what? Yep. you can get cannabis for 300 bucks a pound. That's retarded. You've crushed a market. You've absolutely destroyed Floored a market. Floored it out. And, and, you, and, and, you know, California wants to tax it, so they're basically earning more tax than the farmers are yeah, they're getting like a 30% yeah. margin on, on everything we do, yeah. you know? And then you guys are the guys who do the work, put the fucking picks and the shovels in the ground, dig the dirt, and you are limited in what you can do from that point. Like, now you're stuck. Yeah, you like, can only grow so much in your and, space. And, and, and you have to kind of go through XYZ channels. And you have to go through distro. Yeah, and you're getting, so you get jammed. Yep. just jammed and, and California's like oh yeah we get our 30% and then they go down there and they get their 30% and people wonder why why it costs so much it's because the government's taking a whole fucking chunk 
yep. whole chunk. And then not yep. allowing people to have like normal livings out of a good, profitable business. Like, this is a good business. It should be. It should be a good business. But currently it's yeah. not, currently you know, it's not. under the current regulation system and it's this brutal what's going on in the market because of the laws that were made and because yeah. of just how, you know, people people are also using that the market to, you know, manipulate the prices and bring them down yeah. and get the best quality and high grade everybody's super good AAA weed. At, oh, I can get it from these guys in, yeah. over here. So you guys got to do the same got, price. What, what can you do? And right? you because can't really you can't do, do shit because they, they can the go money. get some other shit. Yeah. And it may not be as good, but right now it doesn't matter. Yeah. They got the money and they go on and buy it up. I saw the consolidation starting a couple years ago with, um, what's that company down here? Um, Plocana. Yeah, uh, but they got kind of fucking outed. Nobody wanted to fuck with them. And that's, yeah. you know, what us farmers need to be doing is uniting yeah. and continuing to work with companies that actually pay us fair prices, yeah. want to give us credit for our work and bring like the super high quality light sun grown to the market. Yeah. This is not the first time this has happened. No. You know, it happened with cotton, happens with corn, yeah, it happens everything. with fucking everything. And it's just like, God, man. Happened with fishing. It happened with logging up here. You know, those were the industries and they got strangled out and mm -hmm. You would think that we would have learned. You know, the people would have learned, but we never do. We always end up letting the, <clears throat> the fuckers up in there. <laughs> in yeah, the government man. Fucking dicks will our coffee, man. It's fucking mm. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think we're letting them anymore. I think the whole no, system is just, just so aligned yeah. that yeah, yeah. there's just, no real way to stop like, yeah, it. You can fucking vote, but... When, when, every, was last everyone, time, when was the last time you voted for somebody that actually got elected? I mean, it's yeah, been a while for me. Yeah, it mattered, straight up. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, why am I doing this again? It's so dumb. I, I mean, I, we I, gotta I, try, you know. I, so, I mean, not to compare. Yeah. But, you know, we, I, because I make equipment for the industry, I'm a cannabis guy. So, my banking is the same bullshit can't get banking, can't get support, can't get lending. I've got like yeah, because you do business. Because I do cannabis. business. I'm like, what? How what kind of fuck fucking bullshit that is that? The money's money, right? Money's, that's like, right. That's right. I'm not getting paid in cash. It's no. not like I'm, you know, I, I used to, but you know, that's not how it works, right? Like everything is normal, and then you go to say, hey, uh, wow, we're growing. We need to get a bigger building. We need to do this. Like, oh, well, you're cannabis, so. You don't get any of the good programs. Your interest rate's gonna be 25% <laughs> and you know, yeah. we're gonna need you to put your whole house on the line just in case. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah right, <laughs> exactly. Hold on. Yeah, it's brutal. It's a brutal, stupid system. And it makes me sad because I think I grew up, you know, altruistic in that respect. And the American dream to me was, was the liberty, you know, freedom or liberty to, to pursue whatever, you know, whatever really got you going. You know? And that's what my, my pops was doing, you know, and my mom, like they were both following their passions and yeah. living in a beautiful place. Weren't hurting anybody. Awesome community and, yeah. and scraping by at that time, you know, yeah. but just growing a little bit of weed and yeah. it evolved into such a different animal. Like, like my, my dad passed away, but if he could see it now, his mind would be fucking blown. Yeah. Because it's yeah. just like not this, not the same, it's not same, the same arena. It's just not the same, and I think um, we're producing I, a better quality and more of this product yeah. than we ever have, and taking it on the fucking chin right now. Yeah, getting beat, know? beat down because yeah. the the guys who can take, and they just take and they take and they take. But hopefully, we can be making alliances with companies, you know, like. Um, like cookies, like fucking yeah. some of these big brands that have the sales and are still getting yeah. fifty, sixty dollars an eighth. I'll put some of my shit in their jars if it helps, you know, keep yeah. keep my business viable and and also still be to saving my very best for my brand and you yeah. know. And so that's really that. interesting. Like you know, there you go. You know, you're that's a that's a mega cookies is yep. a mega brand, right? Stunning branding opportunity. Yeah, they're killing they've done it. A great job in that respect, and. Uh, you know, you, you're going to sell some there, but you also have the responsibility to build your brand totally, so that you can, you can still remain relevant when it completely, you know, it's, that's crazy. Like that's a lot of work to have to build a brand. Yeah, it really is, man. And like the, the crazy thing is like a lot of us got into it trying to do it for our communities. Like yeah. that was my original premise. I want to build this brand 
Soham Royal is like an all-encompassing, like all the Southern Humboldt fucking people. That's a killer shirt. Let's by the come way. together. Thank you. I will, I'll, I'll have to get your address and send you yeah. one or something. We'll get you a Green Bros but, one uh, too. But that is that's a really cool, that's a cool one. I like that a lot. Love, loyalty, and excellence is our motto. And nice. the wings are obviously Leafs. This is an oil droplet. That's the King's Range, the mountain range I see nice. from my house, and the crown just for, you know, the family heritage and the the that's excellence we put fucking, into our craft. That's really cool. That's a great logo. Thank you. And the medicinal, obviously, Caduceus. Yeah. So, so how, do you, how do you do this? How do you build this brand? So yeah. I've been just, you know, social media is huge. We've yeah. been doing these um, educational series with GW Smoke Break TV. I don't know if you've seen them at all, but you should scope uh, them out. I have not, but I, I'll check them out for sure. And probably knows. Yeah, it's, it's just all about, like, what we actually do on our yeah. farm, trying to bring some education and, yeah. you know, some interest. Um, and then I think it's these partnerships, you know, like us actually working together, all of us farmers and trying to support, you know, um, yeah. each other and, and sharing the good connections we get. Hey, I got this thing that's working good with this distro. They're paying me on time yeah. and letting each other have access to those things and being like, hey, bro, come check this yeah. out because they are far and few between. Yeah. We've all gone through trials and tribulations and yeah. it's hard to get behind something when you don't have an interest in it. So. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have tried this model, a farmer-owned distro. Yeah. That would be the shit. But, um, you know, it just doesn't, nobody with the backing it's and the business. ability to make it happen is really, yeah. you know, something farmers could put into, own a little piece of, and be yeah. building value as they support that brand. How, how would you, and I think that's, I think that's a pretty cool idea. I mean, I, I think when I grew up, my parents were into like Rainbow Grocery, which is co-op grocery and stuff like that. Initially, that was what it was. So you had a group of farmers that basically all got yeah, their totally. premium crop to the same grocery store. Yeah. So they never had the same stuff that lasted for a while. And then they had to start bringing back, you know, then they had to start being brand whores like everybody else. Right. So, yep. but it was a really cool idea. I just wonder how, how Redwood, Ro Redwood you know? Roots is trying to do it, yeah. you know, but it's just really hard. You know, you have to have multiple things going on. You got to have this bulk wholesale piece. Yeah. where farmers can clear out 100 pounds at a time, 50 pounds at a time to keep their, their banks keep going. The, keep the bills running. And then you yeah. also got to be plugging into some little 10 pounds here, 10 pounds here, limited small batch lots yeah. of your, you know, obscure, unique things. Yeah. Um, I think the genetics right. are our key, you know, to Absolutely. defining differences it, right? and, and shining the spotlight on, on the work that we actually do. And you're, you're kind of, a, genetics is kind of one of your things. Totally, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's all about just experimenting and yeah. seeing the different traits of two different strains and going, that'll make something awesome. And yeah. then doing that work to stabilize it and, you know, and so then sharing it with people. So it's not just as simple as crossing a couple of things and popping a seed. I mean, <laughs> it is. The breeding process is, but yeah. it's the the ingenuity that goes into your making your plan. You know, I have to make mm. a plan each year. What, what are gonna be my projects? Right. And you only have a limited number of projects you can do as an individual. So, yeah. you know, and then I made 30 strains last year, right? You made 30 strains last yeah. year? Yeah. Holy shit. That so, sounds like a lot of work, man. <laughs> it's almost too much, so it's overwhelming. And then you're like, fuck, now I've got all these seeds. I gotta pop them and see what they are. Yeah. So I popped like maybe 20% of those strains this year, my ones I thought would be the best. Yeah. And now I'm kind of doing an a first survey. You have to get cuttings of those plants before they flower and then yeah. keep all those on hold while those mature. And then you see them and then you're like, okay, kill. 20 through 30, you know, keep these ones. We'll keep a closer eye. I would eye. never make it past the first round. It's like, brutal, oops. but but it is so rewarding. And like, yeah. um, you know, once you get something really special, like we've got this Lucy Lavender. Yeah. Um, one of my employees actually made it for me as a surprise. He took one of my males and made this breeding into all my genetics and gifted me back the seeds. So oh, it kind of cool. started my, my journey back into breeding. Yeah. And one of those, those seeds that we found that next year was this uh, purple train wreck and uh, forum Girl Scout cookies. And it's just like, got the craziest nose. It's so sweet and juicy. Yeah. And then it's also got the cookie thing going on, real nice structure, big round nugs. Yeah. 
and like I want to patent that one and you know protect it and then yeah. license it to so that's clone producers and and, and other, you can right yeah so you that, can that's do a that, huge right? thing that farmers can be doing is is bringing their so do you have do you guys have representation for that do you have like a patent attorney or somebody that represents that you or is it just like every man for himself you got to go it can be both ways yeah. but there is a whole group of people in Humboldt that have been meeting um, Dale really? Hunt. Dale Hunt is a lawyer who specializes in, you know, genetic protection. He came yeah. from big ag industry and yeah. and um, patent law, so he's bringing all of his expertise into cannabis. And because really? um, that Monsanto fucked a whole lot of farmers over using patent totally. law on there <laughs> with their stupid. Uh, what is it that the uh, Roundup Ready crops that they used to, that they I think they still make that shit even though they've been sued how many times for Roundup? Yeah, that yeah. shit's so gnarly. It's brutal. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I had no idea. So you can actually you're actually going to pursue. So once you get that IP in place, yeah. then it's about making these deals. So this group has been aligning with um, you know different people who produce. Um, huge amounts of weed and and yeah. now they're talking about licensing these strains international licensing agreements really um, Doc Ray is the person uh, in Hendrix nursery you know they're the two people that brought me in to meet Dale and now that's kind of evolved into this network of all of these different high quality breeders in Humboldt really? and Mendo coming together to like find ways to do this so we're trying that's to kind of really set the cool. bar and and get our shit out there so how okay I get that you, you you got not lucky, but you kind of got lucky. You got the right two plants together. Yeah. One of those seeds came out. It's fucking magic. Yep. And now you've got cuttings. So I've kept a clone of that original one this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I've then been popping seeds, males and females, and and evaluating them, picking a good male, and then breeding that back into my clone. So now that's an F2 because I've got a, a my okay. clone. And I'm taking some of the variation of it out and I'm looking for a male that's like my female to make all the seed more like my so girl. So you get real consistent. Exactly. Okay. That's and so then you do that, once you do that three times and you get to your F3, then you're stable, hopefully. Yeah. You know, you got to evaluate your own genetics and make sure yeah. that they're working properly. But um, yeah, you should be like 80 to 90%, you know, really? like that plant. So. That's really interesting. Some things require more work and, and then, yeah. you know, like you said, it can be as simple as um, you know, the way that I've been doing some of these projects recently is like I have my Lucy Lavender dad and yeah. I put four Lucy plants around it. So I've got my back cross and then I throw three or four other genetics in that same pool. So now I'm taking that male and I'm hitting some other strains with it and saying, okay, well, let's see what the ice cream cake does when I hit it with my Lucy. Let's see what you know, Cushman's wow. does. So I'm putting it into some of these popular names because so the whole industry seems super skewed towards what's cool on Instagram right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so. that's <laughs> that's probably going to be that way. Yeah. So then, how? So let's say you go down that route. You do get this, and they go, "Okay, here's your genetics. Here's your patent. I've got a couple of those. They're really cool." Yep. Then what? I mean, then do you take that? Do you take that and then start producing seeds with that? So you can do anything or? with it, right? So. Yeah. I think the best way to, you know, receive some benefits from it is more to license that cut yeah. to say a farm in Salinas or, or a brand like Cookies or, you know, somebody who has somewhere to go with it and is yeah. going to put it in jars and kill it. Yeah. Give them an exclusive on it. Say, you know, I want a dollar, two dollars a cut and I want 10% of the proceeds from the flower yeah, sales. Yeah, just like a standard. You know, just like, kick me back and let, make uh, me some money for my deal. shit. Yep. And you retain that, and then you license it for a period of time. And, Interesting. And or, you know, yeah. Because we do this. We, like, I buy, I, I work out deals with with guys who invent super cool stuff that I haven't had time to invent yet. And uh, nice. it's just a super easy way to bring in another piece of technology that, that uh, somebody else has done a lot of the legwork on. And uh, they get a piece of the pie, and we do all the work. and Win-win. Win-win, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. the goal, you know. That's really, that's really interesting. I, I, I kind of assumed that it was going to go that way. First of all, I know nothing about breeding. 
plants. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a couple dogs that are kind of misbred, <laughs> so I can kind of tell how it works in dogs, you know? But uh, on the plant side, I have no, no, I have it, no idea. It's so rad, dude, because you really, it's kind of the same. You really never know. Two amazing things don't always make another amazing thing. Right. You know, but then you do this, you get this one outlier and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, you know, my buddy gave me some seed packs like two years ago and I just hunted through five of them. Out of those five packs, I got three winners, which is like, you know, just shows that the breeding was good that went into yeah. those. Um, and of those strains, I did only 10 plants, 11 plants, you know, yeah. half of those were males. So then I get like five girls and I'm like, okay, this one, not so cool. This one, not so cool. This one, oh, this is kind of cool. And then it's like, bang, this one is amazing, you yeah. know, so the same genetic. Yeah. Uh, just different phenotypes. And so I had a, uh, when I grew, it was uh, a sour diesel that my dad got from somebody up in Lake County. Okay. And a guy brought the plant over and he goes, this is what you have to grow. And yep. my dad never grew anything but this plant. And it was banging because at the time it was like, this was 25% THC, which was potent back in yeah. those days. But it was so thick and it grew so much mass and the bud structure was just stunning. Sour diesel tends to be yeah, really it's fingery. All wispy and, and yeah, but this was thick and hearty and just really loved it nice. loved that strain it was a great and i ran that the whole time that i grew and it was all cut to cut to cut to cut never went i never had anything to never got back, stale or, back. Yeah. and then uh, it finally died out on me okay. because that was that was me I, yeah. I finally killed it off but i mean i look at stuff like that i'm like well somebody did exactly what you're talking about i was like this is the one you grow this plant and yeah I mean, we ran that i think it was six years that that plant uh got cut over nice. and over and over and over again yeah yeah that's really the way cool. to do it you got to keep so that's a lot of work too that goes on yeah. on the farm that's not even there's no money coming in from yeah. now yeah. but like there are some some people who see themselves as like you know shepherds of the genetics and you you hold those for your friends like your family and yourself yeah I'm, I'm moving it all towards tissue culture right now to so that's have my bank be tissue yeah so that i can just produce from it at any time with like a six month planning window well, can, and can you save that yeah so you, i mean what, do you freeze it and keep it or keeping them cold slows them down but from what i've been learning you just you know put up you just uh, sterilize the plant material put it in the gel and it takes like three months for it to kind of really start growing and yeah. coming out. So you have that kind of holding period there. So if you okay. take your first cutting from that and do it again, you can just keep buying yourself three months at a time with a sterile, super small process. Right. And then if you want to do work with it, you got to let it get a little bigger. Then you make your actual clones and go to clone with it. And you have to calculate I heard your about time. This. To I, hate, I hated cloning. I was like, my, I finally figured it out. But uh, it was always the thing that kicked my ass the most. It's got to be on point yeah. for sure. It was like the thing that I was like, ah, I'm getting like a 30% success. Yeah, it sucks. It's You're my doing ass. the same work four times. You're <laughs> yeah. like, fuck. I tried the Tiny's water cloners off. and these things. And I, I finally just started, all I would do is just scrape the Cambria down you yeah. know, the first layer and dip and go. And I've got like 80%. I'm like, yes, I figured this cloning <laughs> part out. Yeah, that was crazy. That's crazy. But I never, I never had, uh, I never had, I never had any uh, any males, so I never did any kind of never ran into any kind of experimentals. But I always had friends who were interested yeah. uh, in doing the genetic stuff. I just didn't like to me again plants. I got brown thumbs for a reason, man. <laughs> I, they, they're now stainless steel colored. I think is what they are. Cause <laughs> that's what I do best. Uh, but well, I enjoy that's that. a, I mean, that's a valuable thing that we need too is tools for our industry I to, think you, you just know. gotta learn your space you know yep. when, and I think it's valuable and for me I finally learned my space it took me a couple of years to grow up and figure it out but that's what I do this is what I do well so I enjoy that the most and I if I keep out of the other stuff I won't mess it up and uh, I can learn about it from other people who are good at it you know because I yep. uh, it, it fascinates me but I just have no like I have no concept of how it's frustrating man because like I think I have it all figured out and then things yeah. change you know there's a lot of variables and yeah. constantly new new things going on so with are you doing outdoor or, or a light depth or both so my both. permits for like around 10,000 square feet of mixed light and 10,000 outdoor so that's something I was unaware of I I I have not been in California for three years now and haven't grown in California since um, uh, since 2000 and 
maybe eight, 2009. So I don't know anything about the regulations, but they're, they're actually like you have a license for a specific way to grow plants yep. at X size. And wow. those licenses are different fees based on their algorithm of how much you can produce of these things in this time frame and really? what it's worth. So all their taxes were all designed at a point where we were getting $1,500, $2,000 a pound almost. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, half of that. And, uh, and, and none yeah. of the fucking laws make any sense, but they're still on us. So, yeah. and there's no way to furlough your licenses right now. So that's a huge thing that like, um, HCGA is trying to get Humboldt County Growers Alliance yeah. um, lobbying for us to be able just to be like, hey, fuck it, I'm taking a year off. Like, just put my license on hold because yeah. you can't do that right now. So you just really? got to keep paying even if you don't grow. So do they, do they charge, so they, they obviously charge you for the license. So every year you pay for the license yep. fee. My licenses, I think is like 37,000 for what? my two licenses. And I think of that, yeah, it's like, um, it's like probably 25% of that is my outdoor license, even though it's half of my permit because they charge you a lot more for mixed light and then if your scale goes up it just they charge you more so so cottage licenses are actually the most affordable it's like eight hundred dollars for twelve hundred square feet or some shit like that tiny little golly yeah it's that's wild. just a license and that's just the license at the state level at the county level here in humboldt we have a dollar per square foot on your outdoor and two dollars per square foot on your mixed light so what? Now I've got another 30, it's been, it was, yeah, like 37,000 for that as well. So that's just You're over, you're fees. like $75,000 in Just licenses. on license fees. License and that's fees. not even the excise tax or the fucking. Yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute, all we these got other taxes, taxes coming in too, right? also come out, yeah. So, so do you, you, do you have to pay, uh, do you do all your own processing? Uh, yeah, currently I do. Okay. So, so, so you don't have to pay, you pay but it's labor. still yeah i mean it still costs 125 a pound yeah you know and that's like across the board it's hard to find it for less than that that's crazy i just a saw a sign i was driving we were driving driving up here i drove through lake county and there was a sign hey one i think it said 150 a pound yeah holy shit it's still 150 a pound yeah holy shit <laughs> and at the dispensary it's still 30 to 60 dollars an eighth but, yeah you know but, but it's not you're not getting but on that. the streets the yeah. donut, you know so there's that and that's so you take it you you get it to finished product or bulk product value like bags yep like and pounded you know pounded, cut up and, and pounded and then it's like i got to take a percentage and go into my jars and take a loss on that because if you don't have you know enough demand to warrant getting a top tier price they just instantly say oh thirty dollars an eighth it's outdoor or twenty dollars an eighth it's outdoor what? And it's like hold the fuck on this shit's testing at 28 percent like you know this is super terped out high thc you know killer weed but just because it's not grown under lights it's instantly in a lower class category oh, you're talking um, from in, the, in the dispensary in the i'm dispen saying in right. the dispensary, in the dispensary so the, that's why the how they're able to keep farmers cut down on price right it's like oh it's outdoor it's worth less and you because you really don't have access to that like you we can't, need direct to consumer fucking sales would yeah. be the best thing for our industry if we could sell online amazon oh, style fucking, and just send weed everybody to people, up <laughs> oh it would fucking do, it would, but it would it would fix you it would know, fix a big it, it would fix a lot yeah, yeah. it would but get it would, rid of all the middlemen uh, you know, uh, the, the amazon would be the middleman yeah yeah it would just be amazon totally delivery from totally. every farm in the country uh, <laughs> <laughs> But even strategic relationships where you get that more direct route with a friend who has a dispensary and will, yeah. will help you get your brand out there and put some of your shit in their jars. That's what I'm working on right now, so, you know? So you, okay, so let's say you got 100 pounds now in yep. bags and you're going to go sell it at bulk. Um, and let's just say for sake of argument that, that you get $1,000 a pound for it. Yep. So that's, now you have to give a chunk of that to the government as well yep so you just got to be careful when you're negotiating with your um you know distro that the taxes are they're paying the taxes because a lot of them will tell you a price and then all of a sudden it'll be like oh but you're okay. only getting so 150 less than that because taxes got to get paid okay so, so you just got to be clear so on your taxes, negotiations ta tax structure still they're not 
they're not supposed to. They all t almost tax all at every level. Put it on to, down to the farmer. But though. they're pushing it down. Yeah, they're right. like, okay, well, right. this has to be paid, yeah. and it's coming. You know, you're gonna get to keep this. Much. So I sell I sell equipment to distributors. Yeah, right? taxes on that regard are not my fucking problem. Yeah, right. Totally. That's not my problem. That's yeah. their fucking problem, and their problem is to pass it on to the consumer. Yeah, that's their problem, not my problem. Totally. But these guys are going backwards, and so I understand this yeah. completely. Like, there's no fucking way. I could pay taxes at wholesale pricing. That just doesn't work. There's yep. no, there's no way. That that just doesn't work. You and can't that is that. essentially what's happening because we don't get the price that you know. But we're just we could we could right do, now we the whole sell market's wholesale. not sustainable right yeah. now. Anyways, like it's gonna be uh, a lot of people dropping out, and I think a lot of big people dropping out that invested and have huge high overheads and rents. Yeah. And they're just not going to be able to fucking recover their money. Hey, listen, I got out the right time because when I was in, I was making six grand a pound. And that's there how it was. Go, that was bro. the day. <laughs> that was the day. <laughs> you remember those days? I wish I was growing a couple hundred pounds a year then. Then, right? You know, now I'm growing a thousand pounds a year and, and like fucking. And struggling. How am I going to sell this shit this yeah. year with the, this overproduction? So I'm yeah. really trying to find people that are going to be long-term partners and actually are putting shit in jars yeah and people that care if their their customers come back because we are producing a superior product yeah you know to how, how 95 percent of the weed that's out so there. you have a perishable product and you really have a limit i mean aside from getting you know really technical and doing really great curing which does take a long period of time i mean you're kind of in a kind of in a window with yeah. your product i mean you don't it's not there forever like no. you, you just can't keep it forever you have to kind of you gotta work at market. You got you gotta yeah, you gotta you gotta work at market value with a, a good chunk of it. Yeah. And when market value is fucking seven fifty, five hundred, they're predicting down, you know, it's uh, really yeah, it's they're like, saying five hundred in California. They're saying five hundred for outdoor this season and a lot of people are joking about going out with a chipper shredder and just fucking mulching it instead of, you know, taking all of our basically barely getting our yeah. Cost back. You're not making any money. No, not really. You know, anything at I mean, five hundred below there, you're not really making people shit. People don't understand. Like they're like, oh, it's weed. Everybody's making money. That's fucking bullshit. There's people making money. Yeah, but they're just not us. It's just anymore. not us anymore. Yeah, it's just exactly. not at the grow level. Yeah, I mean, this is why you know I do well because the the industry is forcing you know the issue on labor because mm -hmm. the money doesn't exist anymore so i'm very we do very well because we sell equipment obviously that, that, helping that, streamline that, that, that and helps to streamline and, and helps to bring down overhead and, and and helps a lot of people out but the reality is that you guys are still the guys that are paying for my equipment and you know so you're still carrying all the burden of the cost and the cost cutting and doing all of that work and the middleman he's not he's getting a fucking free ride because he gets his margin no matter what. Yep. He gets his margin. And especially if he's pushing taxes on your head, he's getting his margin plus. Because you know he's going the other way on the other side. A lot of them are actually having to kind of fall into line too because there's big players and little players in that arena. Yeah. So the little guys who actually care about us, you know, are like, shit, bro, I'm only going to take 50 cents on this and we still got to sell it 700 or 650 or whatever it is, you know, yeah. right now, just because I'm getting outsourced around yeah. by these bigger grows, like there's just so much indoor right now. There's so much yeah. um, B grade outdoor coming in and some of the outdoor, you know, light depth producers, their quality is decent with yeah. just a single, single salt recipe. You can grow pretty nice looking weed, yeah. but it's still not quite what we do. You yeah. know, it doesn't have one of the biggest the things I think that's crushed sorry i didn't mean yeah, to interrupt no, but one good. of the things that's really just i think is going to happen it's going to change is the the, the we're going to get away from this uh thc focus you know we have to i think for yeah. for, for, for for craft cultivation to, to survive because the thc focus is bogus anyway um you know because they're not they're not talking about the real value like you you can grow anywhere you any indoor place you want to grow but you're still not going to grow you know, like even going out to this garden and sitting outside and grab that, you know, you get that full effort. This is that full nose and all that just magical experience. You don't get that in, in that controlled environment. You know, there's something you're missing that you don't get in the outdoor. Um, it doesn't get the density maybe or whatever. Or No, what it, it does. It, it, just, it gets it all. It's just, it just um, has such a bad rap. But I mean, well, it used to be, I mean, 
I remember I used to get ditch weed, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's it's a trip, and I my problem with the whole THC trend is that um, it drives the breeding in that direction. Right. So then everybody's breeding into these yeah. certain strains that are super high THC strains with not nearly as varied terps and. Yeah. Um, it just kind of funnels into this kind of the same yeah. th that's the only problem I have with the kind of this cookies trend right now yeah. on, and how popular the the purple strains yeah and like just whatever's cool is like all that you can sell right now yeah like I have these really unique lemony strains and people are like oh lemons out bro you can't and I'm like hold on this shit is fucking testing at 24% yeah. it's got all this old train wreck smell like oh train wreck nobody wants jack nobody wants train wreck you know it's like okay I still love the smell so, of jack buddy yeah so people <laughs> fucking still love it and yeah. at the dispensary level yeah. you have to have some of those yeah. strains so oh they should God. be kind of sought after you yeah. know cuz every it's dispensary an wants to thing have because some the problem is you know you're talking about the 7-Eleven culture that's you know, like they want their shit. They want it. They want whatever's fucking hot, and that's what whatever's they want. popping. Yeah. And they don't. They don't know. They don't really. Zaza understand all day, like baby. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't understand what it is to, to to smoke something that's been properly aged and cured and sat around for a while and been been taken care of and and has you know a rich history and comes off the you know the peak of the mountain over there and it's yeah, just grown with one, pure you know? pure rainwater mm -hmm. and spring yeah. water and yeah, they have no know, idea what that means. Breathing fresh air. They know every what day. it means in wine. Yeah, you know they know what it means in whiskey. They know what it means in other uh, in other consumables. They don't understand what it means in weed because there's no. I mean, thank God for the people like these. Yeah, Don Jay over here. Totally, right? they, teaching people about how yes. to appreciate cannabis. Yeah, right? all the different varieties. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't hate on any of the varieties. It's just that there are differences. Yeah, and those differences aren't being seen at the market level at right. all. I mean, we're not getting credit for being different and putting in the extra right. work and well the, i mean because again you know you don't have like i know when i i drink wine i'm gonna get a cabernet why just just what i like about it i mean it's got the right flavors that i like and i especially like from paso robles that's kind of yep. my thing like it's got the right fruitiness to it that's what i like but i know that and yeah. i know that because i've tasted it and i've looked and i've smelt the other ones and i've got to try you know, them all i yeah. try them all and i'm like this is what i like you know but people don't understand that that cannabis is if not more intricate as just as intricate as wine is totally in that respect and there's so much in it that people just don't they don't have any idea they really don't have any idea that it's in there and the only reason i ever knew any of that was i i made a hash puck one time out of like all the different stuff that i had i'd processed i made this i have a machine that uh, that takes keef yep. off of uh it's called the alchemist yeah um, i've seen it and, and i and i had all this stuff together and i got I this stuff i want to get one actually it's a really so, cool machine yeah and i took all this stuff and i made it and it made this really cool puck and i pressed it under like 20 tons of pressure and uh i set it down in some place in my shop and i and i and i ended up misplacing it kind of uh and found it like six months later and it had aged out really nicely it was the right perfect environment and uh i smoked a little bit of it and it was it was since it was a combination of everything you got kind of this moment where it would be like like sour diesel yeah. and then you get a little bit of couch lock on it you're like oh then it kind of so we call it, we call it the roller coaster because you just didn't really know exactly what where you were going to head smoking. on it right yeah. you went it wasn't <laughs> traveling that path like you know when you when you when you have a, a known strain that you smoked a lot you know the path it's going to take totally. you totally but this was kind of like going this way and left turns right turns it was really cool and i think that that's just something that people don't have a fucking clue about i mean some people do yeah some but people for the do most part, the but i think that education is really essential and it'll have to happen by people trying things and people like you putting out content and people like me putting out content yeah. and just letting people know and letting people well, try I mean, stuff and lance lance is a more of an official much more of an aficionado um um but we we talk about that kind of stuff too I and mean, i like cars too so cars are you know cars are obviously any doesn't matter what you look at but like cars to me there's cars for certain things there's yeah. certain reason why i have this car versus that truck you know what totally. i mean cannabis is no different than that or like anything else like you can set your mood you can set what you want to accomplish you can relax you can you can get excited you can do whatever you want to in cannabis and really the only difference is the terpenes yep you know that's an entourage effect and the, and all the entourage these. of all the different little yep. pieces that go together and and then all of a sudden you know because a thc putting this one and this one could be exactly the same yep and they're completely different product and I, different I think strain. that's a huge piece you know is yeah. these purpose-driven strains and that's what i'm doing with a lot of these genetic crosses i make yeah. is i really love 
the ones that just make you feel good you know yeah. like you're like you just kind of almost forgot that you even smoked but you're like fuck i'm not worried about shit anymore really good right go, like, <laughs> i'm kind of ready to go do something you know not super sedated yeah but also just like on a different track yeah just change my, your day my, uh, my dad gave me something and he said it was called cosmic melt and uh i remember that one so well i i did i got the i got a cutting off of it and i killed it so I never got to grow it, but I had a bag of it. And I remember that. It was just that thing. It was just like, I kind of feel great. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel high as much yeah, as I just, just feel, feel really good. good. Yeah. yeah. Smile <laughs> Colors a little are good. easier. Smile a little bit. Yeah. Having a good day. Yeah. I'm having a good day. Everything's going to be all right. That's my favorite kind of weed. <laughs> but there is, I got the kind that, you know, makes you go to sleep and the yeah. kind that, you know, takes I, away I your anxiety. To, and I used to, uh, uh, I used to smoke green crack. Uh, press Keith. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Green cracks uh, fire, dude. It beats it beats uh, beats coffee. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do love my coffee. But <laughs> that, was, that was crazy. I got it. Actually, a friend of mine got it from up on the hill. He used to bring cannabis down to me, and I would trim it because I had machines, right? Yeah. And then he'd bring it down untrimmed, and I'd trim it, and then I would take all the the, the trim and run it through my make alchemist, and I'd make some hash and give him all the leaves, so because he had to go account for all of his waste. Yeah. And uh, and I would make make hash with it, but he brought down this stuff uh, when I first invented that machine, and it had all he had was all these stems. I'm like, dude, you brought. It was so covered in trichomes. All these stems just had tons of trichomes. It was so sticky that we took it and we scraped it off and put it into a jar, like one of these jars, and uh-huh. it compressed. And I had to use a knife yeah. to chip it out of the bottom because it was so happen. much. And it was just, yeah, it was like, I don't, how the hell did that happen? What, what drove that? I don't ever know. I never knew what, what it was, but it was really interesting. It was like the stems. It was all stock. That's like, a And it would just had so many trichomes on it. It was unbelievable. But, yeah, so, I mean, you know, that was growing outdoors. Yep. You're not doing that inside. Nope. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I don't know how you do it, but No, whatever. I mean, they, there's a lot of trichome production inside, but just getting those really full-bodied profiles and, you know, letting it letting it fully express, I feel like only happens with that. Yeah. What's up, Kev? What's up, baby? How you doing? Good. Come say hi to you in a few. I heard you were around, so. Yeah, we got the, we got the, uh, are you guys on tape? Yeah, yeah. that's all right. Oh, shit, no, we got the Gon GA going on up at the, uh, right next to the one lock. Okay. Yeah. So swing on by. Sweet, I will. Yeah, yeah, no, swing yeah. on by, that'd be fantastic. I'd love to have a meet a local farmer. Right on. Boom, good. <laughs> Good to you see you. You know what I'm talking about, right? You'll yeah, see the front yeah, just right, okay. Yeah, you'll see the group and then just come on and I'll introduce you. Sounds good. Awesome. Cool. That's pretty cool. The Ganji thing's pretty yeah. cool. I think that's great. That's, that's absolutely gonna, that has the opportunity to change a it lot, does. I think. You know, I think that's this education yeah, piece education that we're talking piece. about, you yeah. know, is just getting people to appreciate the nuances yeah. and the differences in effects. I see these, these guys uh, doing this cannabis lounge thing, and I'm not really understanding that yet because from a business perspective, I don't understand. Because like, cons- when, I, when I use cannabis, it's just, you know, it's very limited. It's not, yeah. I, can't, I can't sit and smoke and smoke and smoke. So, I don't, you know, I can drink a couple of beers and I can <laughs> sit at a bar, but I can't, I don't, I don't see you that. You try five different kinds yeah, of weed. Yeah, my, dude, that's, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> going to put me in a really uh, compromised position from, uh, from a mental acuity perspective, <laughs> you know. So, I just, I'm like, I don't understand how that's going to. How that's really going to play out but there's a lot of guys trying to figure that out and I, we see that in, uh, i think there's one been issued in in vegas now and i'm trying to understand what it is are you going to bring to the table so it's because you got to you know you have to have a captive audience right you yeah. have to keep people in and you have to keep them buying but you can't sell alcohol so what are you going to just like serve smoothies you know what i mean yeah like maybe it, rolling papers yeah and, and like it's going to be interesting to see how that that's a whole, I, I think it's more just about getting, you know, having that flow through and, yeah. and having people that like to smoke a lot have a safe place that they can go do it. I think it that's and great too. And just but, pop in and blaze one and pop back out, you know. Yeah. That'll probably, yeah. how I would probably use it. I would think so, but I, I just can't understand why you can't just have a, like, I know, I know why they're not allowing it to mix, but I mean, if you, if you open it up and you have a social a bar like we got the axe throwing or the darts and yeah. the pool tables why can't you just have that and only you also have the ability to smoke a little bit i mean i don't see them not being good mix i don't understand no. that really at all and, and i i, I kind of i don't get it actually because I, I i don't understand like there's maybe it's the fear of like oh cannabis is still got to be over here but i just don't see it'll I don't change see the in big, time the I big mix like, but... being a problem you know yeah 
I saw that as an opening right when it was all happening. I was like, fuck, I want to make some weed moonshine. Yeah. Because I've done it before. Yeah. And it's pretty awesome. <laughs> but you just take one little shot and then you're like fired so up from the moonshine. The, and then you got the, a little the bit of the high. Jamaicans make, make their rum with. I mean, yeah. Not, not all Jamaicans, obviously, but that was historically. They used to do uh, just a little bit of, little bit of rum and a little bit of, bit of weed in there. And yeah. It's a real chill vibe. But. Yeah. <laughs> Made them see better at night. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't understand what the big paranoia in that deal is. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. People are scared. People are scared. What they don't know. They. That's the biggest part of it, man. Yep. They always get afraid of the shit they don't know, and then they fucking force that shit on you. Yep. And yeah, uh, yeah. And then they, then they see a way to take advantage of you and take your fucking money. And, and then, then take it over. And then take it over. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you are you optimistic generally though? I mean, I mean, you know, I know there's a lot of pressure on you guys up here and. I know California's got a lot of pressure anyway, but are you generally optimistic about You what's know, I, I am, but it's not uh, industry spread. Like, I'm yeah. just going to keep fucking doing what I do yeah. and, like, growing better weed than anybody else and, like, you know, tuning my genetics to really satisfy some of these market trends yeah. to where I don't have issues selling my weed. But it is a disheartening time for folks out there. And yeah. when you have bled your lifeblood into this piece of land and... It's sustained your family for, you know, yeah. generations. And now you're seeing that just you can't make ends meet. I mean, people just aren't fucking able to pay their bills at where the shit's heading right now. Yeah. So it's kind of just like, uh, okay, you know, fucking yeah. out. And and it's just really sad to see it that is, going on. It is sad to but see. But like, I'm, I'm doing this genetic work. I'm trying to bring my branded products to market. I'm finding other people who are yeah. in that, um, more you know dispensary level space where yeah. if we can get those access to fucking retail and make partnerships with people that are connected with big brands and be like yeah. hey i'll do some of your shit to put in your jars like just help me make my business viable because i can't fucking eat this yeah. dog shit over here right uh, you know right. and yeah it's been hard even doing this genetic work like i want to yeah. put out my own genetics but i shy away from it because when people don't know what the fuck it is, yeah. they're like instantly, oh, in this wholesale space, you're over here. Yeah. And it's like, I think these fucking buyers, I think they should all have to do ganjier yeah. training. And I think they should all have to smoke the fucking weed. Yeah. Because if they smoked half the weed they were buying, they'd probably throw that shit on the ground. And buy something Instead, better. Instead, <laughs> yeah. they don't even smoke. Yeah. They don't even know what it no, tastes buying, like. They don't know how it affects just, them. Yeah. They're buying names and looks. It's, that's and horrible, that's it. Man. You know, it's a fucking. It turned into a plastic Barbie doll market, pretty much. Pretty it's, quickly. It's, yeah, pretty that's quickly. where it's at right now. But yeah. people are gonna always want the the real shit. You know, yeah. what do you go to the store? You don't go buy the biggest, brightest GMO tomato you can find. You yeah. get, you know, some heritage fucking heirloom tomato yes. that tastes bomb. That's right. That's why that you're you, eating that it. you can take a bite out of like an apple and be like, that's yeah. a fucking tomato. Yeah. So I do have faith in, in people that they want the weed that we're growing. They're yeah. just not aware that they want it yet and they're not demanding it. And hopefully as that trend changes, you know, yeah. half the market will still be on that what's cool. And hopefully the other half will be seeking out those like classic genetics and you know, wanting these unique sativa strains, sure. wanting these green strains. God forbid, it's not fucking purple. I mean, purple yeah. was out a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, was out. So a nobody years. wanted purple, and now it's like, oh, we can't get <laughs> enough purple. Just spray that shit. Yeah, I remember when the ridiculous. when the trichomes became like the thing, and, and like they've always been the thing, but no one knew it. And then we were getting stuff from from Mexico that they were spraying with glass. <laughs> oh god! Because you could you could hit it with a with because yeah, you, it just you glow. A, you, bam! It just <laughs> fucking sparkles at you, and you're like, oh, that's so great! And it's just these guys fucking spraying. And then you spraying go smoke it, with and glass. Glass yeah. stumps out of your pipe. You're all fuck. How many of those did I breathe? <laughs> how much of that shit is in my lungs? <laughs> Listen, um, how do people get a hold? Of, how do they see you? How do they see your stuff? Where are you at? Sohumroyal.com and our Instagram at Sohumroyal. Is, is where we're putting out all this content and I'm, I'm um, loading it all up to YouTube right now too. Awesome. The whole series just so that it's more organized because right now you have to like go back down my, my page and yeah. go and find the videos. They're yeah. all in there. Um, and GW Smoke Break is the, the partner I mentioned right, that, that right. they were kind of looking to do some documentation of the industry and Great. I was looking to get my name out there and we sure. kind of paired up and now they're doing a lot of really cool Mar work. Marco led in the flies. <laughs> hey listen i think that you know 
obviously it's a struggle, you know, but all these things that are worth it are, you know, yep. and, um, they can get that t-shirt, right? The sick t-shirt. Yeah. Thank you. You can get that on, on your website. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just revamping the online okay. resources right now, but yeah. soon you well, will be a able whole to get job. the gear. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm doing so many jobs, dude. <laughs> I was trying to build a micro business with manufacturing distribution and a nursery on top of fucking all the running a farm oh my and God. doing all this other shit. But it was just like, I threw in the cards on that because it wow. was just too much. It is too much, but yeah, I mean, you seem very motivated. And so uh, you'll, you'll figure it out, I'm sure. Hopefully California figures it out before it kills everybody. Like you They're, said, focus on what you're good on yeah, and what you're passionate yeah. about. Know what you and, know and, 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 and share that shit with people on. and you'll, 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 you'll shine. People will get it. This genetic but, thing is where I, where I really feel it's promising, you know. Yeah. I, I'm really excited. I want to know, and, I want to know what's going on with that. Let me know if that, how that works out. Yeah. I, I do, you know, we have a couple patents and I'm all about IP and I geek out on that shit. So Hell yeah. uh, I think that's really, really cool. It'd be nice to see a little bit of that payback too, instead of just this kind of, um, you know, like you said, what was it, uh, Barbie culture. Yeah. You and know. not just having to produce every pound that makes you money, you know? Yeah. Letting other people play with your stuff and yeah. and uh, just making a little bit on them using your hard work. Yeah. You I know? mean, everybody deserves to earn for what they do, man. Your, yeah. your, your livelihood is, is your energy and your work and your brain power and all that stuff. So For real. Well, well uh, it was real nice to meet you. And no, it was great, you. man. Thanks for yeah. sitting down. It's always pretty informal, but I appreciate you coming in and, and, uh, and, and sharing, man, because... Um, there's a lot of the people don't understand, you know, and the more we can talk about it and the more people can hear about it, the more people will understand it, you know. I, I, the culture here has changed so much. I remember from the Trimigrant days yep. to, to, to now, it's like, it's, it's so different. It's really crazy. But I, we came up here to do a little tour back up here because this is where, obviously, I cut my teeth by selling machines because this is where yep. it was all happening and uh, still some of the most beautiful country in the world. So, hell yeah. Yeah, so great. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining. That concludes our podcast for this week. Don't forget to check us out on all the socials at Green Bros.